Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right about this time, we like to welcome in Mark Aflalo of Your Tech Report. And so he gives us a, a bit of an in-depth look at what's making news in the world of technology. Mark, welcome back. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm fine. Joita, on the other hand, is excited. She's, she's giddy as a bouncing about, up and she's down. She's bouncing in her chair. I can't she's, imagine uh, why. She's pumped. No. I can't imagine why. Joita, why don't you tell us why? Because tomorrow <laughs> is a very important day. It's not my birthday. It's not my anniversary. But it is the day that we get a big reveal on the next edition of the iPhone. It's finally here, and it's a very big one. So tell us more about it. Well, I feel like we have to give people a spoiler alert because there's so much information that happened this weekend. Um, someone at Apple actually leaked their Golden Master, which is their their release of iOS 11. Um, we think there was a disgruntled employee that uh, that was not very happy, and we got a lot of answers and a lot of reveals that we're going to find out tomorrow. So if you don't want to know about it, you may want to go listen to something else for about five <laughs> minutes here. But uh, but uh, iPhone 8 apparently is the moniker, iPhone 8, 8 Plus, plus the iPhone X or 10. That's going to be the new form factor iPhone with the full screen display with just a little notch at the top for sensors. Uh, it looks like we're getting rid of Touch ID and we're replacing that with a new facial recognition software that's more secure and that's faster. We're expecting this phone to have 6 gigs of RAM, which means it's going to be the fastest phone ever. If you, if you think about this, this is about 700 times faster and and more powerful than the first computer we had when we were computing back in the days. Um, this phone is going to be sexy. It's going to have an OLED display, which means that the blacks are, are when, when the pixels aren't being used, it's as if the screen's off. But the colors just jump out at you. Um, incredible features across the board, including wireless charging, which means easier ways for you to charge as, as more and more people implement this. Um, very, very cool things on the software side, but there's, there's so much more. Joita, what excites you the most about this phone? It's just brand new and and it's shiny beautiful and, it's, it's and shiny and fun to play with. And I have an iPhone 5S, which you will probably find in a museum, and I'm desperate to upgrade. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds great, um, but I'm I'm curious as to what makes this announcement historic, Mark. I mean, this is historic for so many reasons, Mike. Because number okay. one, this is the first event they're holding at their new Steve Jobs Theater. Now, if you you may or may not recall this, but about five six years ago, they announced these plans um, to to create this brand new. Apple Park, which is the new headquarters for all Apple employees. They call it the Spaceship Campus because it's literally this round circle that takes up as, as little real estate as possible while housing the hundreds of thousands of Apple employees. And they finally opened the doors about three, four months ago. They started letting people in. And this theater, obviously, the namesake is for Steve Jobs. And it's not only the first event in this theater, but this is set to be one of, one of the biggest and most historical events for Apple because not only are they going to be announcing a new iPhones, and they're saying the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus is going to be very similar to what we have today with uh, enhancements across the board on the inside, but form factor is going to be the same. That iPhone 
10, they're going to call it, or X because it's a moniker they've they've used before, and Steve Jobs brought that into the company when he came back in, in 98. Um, but this, we're expecting a new Apple TV. We're expecting a new Apple Watch. We're expecting these three phones. We're expecting information on the new HomePod speaker. We're expecting information on, on new headphones. This is going to be the largest number of individual products being announced in one venue that's going to set this company... This, I mean, this quarter for for an absolute gangbuster gangbuster build for Apple. So the phone sounds fantastic. The event sounds amazing. Um, but I think back to ten years ago when I got my first iPhone. It was an iPhone three. Remember those? I do. Um, and that at that point, this was probably one of the few smartphones that were on the market. Now you've got the Androids. You've got a lot of other people playing catch up. Do you think that the iPhone? X or the iPhone 10 has enough mileage to give Apple a bit of an edge again. Absolutely. I think but that doesn't come necessarily down to the hardware because Apple's playing catch up on the hardware side. Wireless charging has existed for quite some time on on Samsung devices. Samsung had the OLED displays, um, but on the software side, Apple has always gone forward with the mentality that it's their software no one else can modify it. We're going to do things the way we do it and that has made their ecosystem and their whole operating system ahead of everybody else because there's no fragmentation in the market. You know, that word fragmentation has always been thrown around, but it really is true. When you get an Apple device, you know how to use that software instinctively. Kids know how to use that software instinctively. And you everything is in the familiar place. Everything, even though they change it and they enhance things, you know how to use it. And it's always going to be there for you. It's going to be that kind of mainstay. When you look at the other competitors out there. I mean, everybody's going to the edgeless display, which is what's happening on on the iPhone. They just happen to announce it later in the year, which is fine. Um, Everybody's working on different types of security to make sure that your your banking information is safe, your private information is safe. And it appears to be that this facial recognition is the way to go over fingerprints because fingerprints have been faked, I mean, for for many, many, many years. So I think there's there's a lot of things across the board. I think the whole ecosystem comes along with it because we're expecting a, a new Apple TV that has 4K streaming. That's something that they're catching up to as well. That's something that they've been falling behind the market. Roku's been ahead of them. Amazon's been ahead of them. But now they, they're they going to be up in the level playing field. So it's going to come down to both software and content. Can they create the content to get people to stick with the Apple TV? Can the software maintain that edge among everybody else? And I think they can. I mean, they, they've been doing it for so long. Um, I think it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to compete with the company with that big of a footprint and that amount, that amount of resources. Marco Flalo is with us here live from Studio 5 on AMI-audio from your tech report. Uh, Mark, uh, any other big expectations from this event? Any new uh, products to we should be excited about? A lot of accessories. We, we're going to see a lot of accessories come. There's going to be a new version of the AirPods, slightly slightly modified displayed. I mean, those are the modif- modif- slightly modified. I speak too fast. I'm too excited, Joita. Um, <laughs> uh, Apple Watch. We're expecting a Series 3 of the Apple Watch. All in all, it's going to be the same form factor, longer battery life because the technology just enhances time after time. But we're expecting the Apple Watch to have an LTE chip, which means that it doesn't have to be tethered to a phone for you to get things like your messages or to be able to get quick information on the Internet, et cetera, et cetera. So that that's going to be a minor improvement, probably no big no big price jump. Um, and that's and really the software side is kind of where we're going to see some surprises that weren't leaked this past weekend. 
I want to move on to your second story, which is also equally interesting, uh, which is to do with augmented reality. You talked about this last week when you were on the show, but just remind us, what exactly is AR? The best way to understand the difference between kind of augmented reality and, and virtual reality, which are the two buzzwords, is that virtual reality submerses you into an entirely different world, a different plane, so to speak. You know, you put headphones on and, and these goggles over your over your eyes, and you could be standing on a cliff. You could be at the you know the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. You can be at, in a, in a completely different world. Whereas augmented reality, it takes your existing surroundings, the room you're in, your bedroom, your living room, your office, your studio, and lets you superimpose things on top of that space. So that's really how things differ. And and the most notable, funny enough, the most notable use of augmented reality to date that everybody will have seen is Pokemon Go. When that game came out, it gave you the opportunity to see your surroundings and look around and suddenly see these Pokemon bouncing all over the place and you went to go catch them in your own environment, which is what made it cool. Other than that, it wasn't really, there's no real game changer in that game. You throw a little ball at a little Pokemon and he explodes. It's great. But oh, suddenly, wait, why is he on my bed? Why is he on that airplane wing? Why is he out there? So you had people chasing chasing Pokemon. So that's the most notable uh, place that we've seen augmented reality. Sounds uh, sounds interesting. Sounds uh, like it could be a lot of fun to be around. Uh, but I, I wonder about sort of the, the, the practicality of it and, and how it's being sort of used, um, you know, the experiences, the practical applications we can experience today. So let me give you a couple of this. Uh, Wayfair, I don't know if you've been visited that website. It's almost like the Amazon of home goods. Um, they added a level of augmented reality to their iOS app and their Android app where you can actually place a lamp, a table, a chair, a couch, a sofa in your physical space. Now, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so I look at my room and I could put a couch there, but what happens, you know, it's not the real size. Well, augmented reality has come to a point where they can actually plant these things using physical dimensions. So it, it sees your room. It is able to actually detect the size of your room, depending on the, the device you're using, and actually place something in real time in your room. So you could see that couch. You could see if that color works. You could see if that angle works. Um, Sherman Williams is working on, on ways to make your wall color different. You can put wallpaper on your wall. CAE, which is a company based here in Montreal that is, is known for their airplane simulators, um, they're using this in the medical field. They're actually teaching students. They come into a room, a, a mock emergency room. You see a, a dummy on a table who's your patient and you see actual vital signs moving. You can see a heart beating. You can actually see organs inside. So this has so many applications across the board, not only just as a as a consumer, but also in, in the medical field. And, and they're even using this as a, a company out in uh, Oxford who's developed a thing called Oxsight, which is actually being used for people with low vision who, who, are, who are blind. So this can actually replace, potentially one day, re replace having a cane, replace having a seeing eye dog, because it can report back information about the surroundings around you. It can detect depth. It can say, you know, a person's in front of you at this angle. Uh, for people who do have a little bit of vision, it can actually enhance the different senses, the, the colors and the contrast and things like that to help augment the existing surroundings. So there's lots of really cool applications. And as our devices get smarter, the, the more and more applications we're going to see this in, in real time. It sounds like there are a lot of useful applications, both now and in the future. Uh, do you feel that there'll be a lot of pickup? Like in, you, you've talked about medicine, you've talked about people with disabilities. I'm curious about education. Do you think there's any sort of 
application for this in the classroom setting? Oh, absolutely. Or will, it just, be, or will it just be a distraction? No, no. I think I think that it really depends on the field. You know, use, use the medical students as an example. It's a perfect teaching tool because you can go in and you know you're not going to kill your patient because your patient isn't real. But you can see the response to doing certain things, doing certain medical procedures. The same thing with architecture. Imagine being able to virtually build a building and see it and be able to spin it and see it in its full dimensions or scale dimensions, being able to look at different minutiae without having to actually physically mold something. There are so many, the same way that, that digital memory cards got rid of film and cameras because, you know, you were worried about, oh, I only had 35 pictures, only had 20 pictures. Now it kind of extends the limit as to what you can do because you can build something without the worry about wasting. Um, you can really, really take things to a new level. And I think that as more and more genres and more and more fields start using these in practical applications, whether it be medical, whether it be architecture, whether it be, you know, car modeling, um, we're going to see this pick up quite quite quickly. Mark, always a pleasure having you on the program. Uh, what uh, what have you got coming up this week on the show? We've got some more cool giveaways, and we're also, of course, going to wrap up uh, the Apple event that was and tell you all about the official announcements in case, in case what we talked about today wasn't 100% official. Right on. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.